Hey there, welcome to the Art of Being Human podcast where we dive into life's big questions. Questions like, how did I become the person that I am? And what is the impact of the stories that I tell myself? How can I be a beneficial presence to the people around me? And how do I live a spiritual life in a material world? And of course, so many more. All right, friends, as you know, we are diving into what it means to practice radical acceptance. And on our last podcast, we talked about what it looks like to radically accept yourself, all of yourself, (laughs) the stuff you like, the stuff you don't like so much, and even the stuff that maybe if you were honest, you would feel some shame about. And if you're anything like me, the first time you came across this idea of radical acceptance, you went, wait, what? (laughs) Doesn't that mean I'll just do nothing? Are you honestly trying to tell me that by doing nothing and just accepting myself that things will somehow get better? That just doesn't make any sense. And if this was your first reaction, I totally understand. It was my first reaction too. It took me a long time to understand something very important that I am actually only really ready to take action if I have gone through the process of accepting whatever's happening. But most of us want to jump right into action. We are so programmed to think we have to do something and then are left wondering, why do I carry around all this extra emotional baggage? The simple answer is whatever we don't process and allow to flow through us, we hang on to. For some of us, we are holding on to years and years of hurt, sadness, anger, and pain because we've just never processed it. We never allowed it to flow through us. We kept it trapped by thinking we had to jump into immediate action. And maybe some of us have solved problems that way, but we didn't release the emotion. And for some of us, we can be so confused. And I know I have found myself in this position. Our lives are good. There's nothing seriously wrong. I can handle the so-called problems that come up. But why do we feel so sad or angry or depressed or bummed out? And we don't realize that we're carrying these emotions around from all of the experiences, even though we may have, you know, come up with a solution for the problem, the emotions stayed trapped. And it reminds me of a story I once heard, and I believe it's an old Buddhist parable, but I'm not positive, Um, but this is the way it was told to me. So if I get it wrong, um, it's the way that I know it. There could be a better version out there. But the parable goes like this. There are two Buddhist monks walking in a forest, and they come to a river that they have to cross. And standing at the edge of the river is this woman in a beautiful silk gown, and she wants to cross the river as well. But she can't because if she does, she gets her dress wet, and because, of course, it's beautiful silk, it would ruin the dress. And so she asks the monks if they would carry her across the river. Now, for some reason, touching a woman would normally be off limits for these monks, But one of the monks scoops her up and carries her across the river and then calmly sets her down again on the other side and just keeps walking. 
And the monk that he's with just cannot believe what he sees because this is so against what would be the right thing to do in his mind. And as he continues walking with the monk, he can't stop thinking about it. Like, why did the other monk do that? And he's thinking to himself, doesn't he know that's not allowed? How could he do that? How dare the woman even ask us when it's so obvious we're monks and it's not appropriate, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Until finally he can't take it anymore. And in frustration, he says to his companion, why did you pick that woman up and carry her? And the monk turns to him and says, oh, are you still carrying her? Because I set her down a long time ago. And I just so adore that story because it reveals such a truth. How often do we have something happen and we take care of it and we figure it out, but there's a part of us that can't set it down. We question and we look for meaning and we hold on to the emotions until finally we just explode. So we're bogged down with this old emotion, but we continue to expect ourselves to perform at our best. And that pressure can be so incredibly intense. When we're not radically accepting, then we're in resistance and rejection. And eventually those states limit our access to our resourcefulness, our creativity, our intuition, and to our higher selves that part of ourselves that makes the best decisions, that has its connection with the divine or universe or God or whatever you want to call it. Because when we're in resistance or rejection, we tend to care about extremely unhelpful things, things like who's right and who's wrong and who's to blame. And we tend to think that objects and ownership will confirm our worthiness, right? When we're in resistance and rejection, we care about things like hierarchy. Who do they think they are to do that to me? And meritocracy, right? I deserve this. And we believe that we're separate and alienated from other people, right? We tend to think things like, nobody understands me. I don't belong. I don't, you know, have a tribe. I don't have a group um, that accepts me. If we're holding back from any part of our experience, if our heart shuts out any part of who we are, that becomes fuel for our fears and it becomes fuel for our feelings of separation and unworthiness. When we practice radical acceptance and we say yes to every part of our experience, well, then we find we're doing the exact opposite. We find ourselves connected to our higher selves and we begin to care about completely different things. We care about, you know, can I see the fear and can I soothe the fear? Where can I bring peace? Where can I stand for justice? Where can I show love? Where can I receive and where can I give? And when we practice radical acceptance, we finally experience something that I think we all long for. And that's grace. The knowledge that we are enough just as we are. We so often think that we have to be so much more than we are. And we have to fill ourselves and our lives up with things that prove how worthy we are. We act like there's a checklist of things we have to do. And we fail to recognize that there's actually only one thing we need to do. Our purpose here on earth is to be in the moment we're in, to experience it and to process it, including our own reaction to it, right? So many of us see this checklist of, 
you know, I have to get a good education. I have to get married. I have to have children. I have to, you know, get a house. I have to do all these things. And we forget that those things are man-made. Those are simply the things that we have told each other we should do. And there's nothing wrong with any of those things. But we attach our worthiness to them. So when we don't receive them or when we don't experience them, we get bummed out and we think that somehow it means we're not worthy. And those things have nothing to do with our worthiness. The only thing that is required from a human being is to be in the moment you're in, to process it and to experience it. And I actually love something that Carl Jung says um, when he says, many of us feel like life is climbing up a ladder to seek perfection when the real path is actually just unfolding into wholeness. And wholeness is just the acceptance of all of who you are, not changing who you are, the acceptance of who you are. So I will say it again and again, and I would shout it from the rooftop if I could. Radical acceptance is not about doing nothing. It's not about giving in. It's about preparing for right action. When you practice radical acceptance, you see what's really happening instead of seeing the superficial. And then you are feeling compassion for what you see. Only then are you ready for action. So if you remember in the last podcast, I talked about my anger. And so when I observe my anger, which I thought was unacceptable, when I began to accept it, Instead of seeing the superficial, you know, oh, I don't like this behavior, I don't like that, and this is what's making me angry, et cetera, et cetera, I was actually able to see the pain behind the anger. And when I saw the pain, I mean, what do we do when we see someone's pain? We find compassion, right? When someone shares with us their pain, we immediately go, oh my word, like I feel with you. And so I could feel with myself and allow myself to feel loved even in my angry state. And then surprisingly, I could let go of the anger so that I could deal with the hurt with right action. Because if I would have simply jumped into action, I probably would have gone, oh, I need to set boundaries with this person. I need to, you know, get clear communication because they're just, you know, you know, taking advantage of me, et cetera, et cetera. And I would have jumped into something that I probably, if I'm going to be honest and I lack a better way of saying it, I probably would have messed up. I probably would have set the wrong boundaries and my communication probably would have been clear, but perhaps unkind. (laughs) So instead of getting passive aggressive, instead of removing myself from this person, I was able to actually look what is right action and then move forward with that. And when I did this, I began to change as a human being. I began to grow, which is kind of funny, right? And it so beautifully encapsulates what Carl Rogers says. He says, the curious paradox is that when I accept myself as I am, then I change. But I change not because I have to, or there's this terrible like push, you know, you're not motivated by fear, but instead you're motivated by love, which is a totally different way of living. But of course, this flies in the face of all of our conditioning, right? Normally when we feel pain, all we want to do is move away from it. 
and we jump into all kinds of unhelpful thoughts, thoughts about how this is all wrong and how long will this pain last and what should we do? And then of course, how this pain proves we're so unworthy. And then we build these stories from these thoughts that we carry around with us for years and years and we trap ourselves. And when we start to give so much attention to our thoughts and when we start to build these stories, what happens is we lose touch with our actual experience because the story makes us leave the present moment. Most of us tell our stories in a way that either takes us into the past, right? See, it's always been like this or takes us into the future. What do I need to do? What do I need to change? How do I get rid of this? When what is more beneficial is to recognize the thought without getting lost in the story, just allowing the thought to move through your mind and allowing the feeling to move through your body in that radical acceptance. And you will be surprised that at the other end of that process is the acknowledgement of the desire to change from a beautiful motivation, from a motivation of love, not a motivation of fear. Okay. So before we end today, let's just talk about the four things that radical acceptance is not, because I think this is important. And this is what I come up against a lot when, when, you know, I'm thinking about this for myself or when I'm talking to people about this. These are sort of the four common things that people talk about. Um, the first thing that radical acceptance is not is it's not passive. It does not mean we sit there and do nothing, right? It actually means that we're taking care of all of the parts of ourselves before we jump into action, right? We are body, mind, and spirit, and all of those parts need to be taken care of. And that's what radical self-acceptance takes does so that we can move into action. The second thing that it is not is it is not self-indulgent, right? Practicing radical acceptance is not the same thing as saying, well, I guess I can eat this whole bag of Oreos because I accept that that's what I want to do. And yes, that's a very personal example. (laughs) It's about accepting that you want to eat the Oreos and about seeing why you want to eat the Oreos and not beating yourself up for the fact that you have the desire and that you want to do it, and then placing yourself in a situation where you actually desire not to eat them because you have allowed yourself to go through the process, right? The third thing that it's not is it is not resignation, right? If you have character development to do, let's say you procrastinate or let's say you communicate by yelling and that's not what you want to do, Radical acceptance is not saying, well, that's just the way I am. And so because I accept myself, I don't have to change, right? Like we've already covered radical acceptance is about putting yourself in a state where you actually want to change, where change is actually possible, right? Radical acceptance puts you into a state of strength. When you're in a state of strength, long-term change is possible. When we beat ourselves up, when we resist, et cetera, et cetera, we put ourselves in a state of weakness. And when we're in a state of weakness, we cannot access long-term change. We will make short-term change because we're in pain, but we will not make long-term change, right? And a state of strength is anything like joy, peace, calmness, relaxation, um, acceptance, obviously happiness, 
All of those types of things are states of strength. States of weakness are anything like anxiety, worry, depression, anger, etc., etc. So when we're in a state of strength, we have the ability to access our resourcefulness and to make long-term change. If we are in a state of weakness, we will make short-term change, but long-term change is impossible. And so some of us have had that experience intimately, right? Like you're trying and you're trying and you're trying to do something in your life that you think would make your life better, but you just can't get it. You don't know why you're falling back. Most of the time, it's because you're trying to make that change from a state of weakness. And radical acceptance is the ability to put yourself in a state of strength so you can actually make the changes that you want. The fourth thing that radical acceptance is not is it's not self-identification. So you're not going, I am this type of person. I am that type of person. You're not making I am statements when you are radically accepting. You're simply seeing what's coming to the surface in that moment, right? So like, even if you take the example of, you know, perhaps you have tendencies to procrastinate, you know, radically self-accepting does not mean saying, I am a procrastinator and then taking that on as your identity. All right, friends, (laughs) I could talk about this forever. It is truly an incredible experience to live from a place where everything is accepted and where there is compassion for everything. And it's a way that I desire to live and practice every day. I'm definitely not perfect at it, but I am enjoying the journey. And I hope that listening to this podcast has been part of your journey and it will inspire you to continue on that path yourself. So until next time, I leave you with this question. What would it be like if you could accept all of yourself and all of life exactly as it is?